Hello, Duff and Kira Dyer here. Welcome to our podcast. Loving an Addict was inspired by a great loss, our daughter Emma, who passed away from an accidental overdose. Our desire is to spread awareness, love, and hope to also help those who are striving to love the addict in their lives because we know that that person is so much more than an addict. Happy Monday. Mm-hmm. Happy Monday. Mid-October. Can you believe it? Uh, No. Kind of crazy. Happy Columbus Day. It is? I guess. I don't know. Um, Kids weren't in school today. Our Banks kid, were closed. Our kid was. Our kid went to school? <laughs> oh. I forgot we still have a kid at home. Yeah. Yeah. She's our last one. Yeah. We're nearing em- empty nester stage, which is really strange. Really she, bizarre. She's gone tonight, and so we'll get a taste of not having anybody here overnight. It's weird. Yeah. How many times has she caught us almost naked? Okay, we don't need to. Oh. No. Oh, I forgot. We don't tell the truth on this podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. There's also TMI, mister. Not with me. It's impossible. That's probably true. What are we talking about today, Mrs. Dyer? Well, we're going to show one of Emma's other videos. It's a shorter one, but she's talking about mental health. Her own personal. Yes. Yes. I think she just wanted to normalize from what she's saying in the video. She wants to normalize when people struggle. After I listened to it, I was like, oh, even though I lived it and I knew what she struggled with, it was just another reminder to have compassion for people who struggle. She struggled from the time she was about 14 with mental health, for sure self-esteem and that never left that was always an issue she even says in the video i always beat myself up about having to be on meds or not oh she talks about performing the way i want if someone says to her hey i can't come into work today mental health day she has like unbelievable compassion for them but could never do that for herself or if someone said gosh i'm on all these meds she'd have incredible compassion but couldn't give it to herself for some reason yeah right? she just felt less than she's in her words she's like she just feel like the biggest loser and yeah so and i think that's part of it those videos are hard to watch <laughs> are really hard yeah actually i hate them i never watched them when she was here i didn't either because i was like i'm living it i don't need to right I'm good right i think now it's because I feel so passionate about continuing her work, I need to look at what she said and look at what she was trying to carry forward, which is really beautiful, especially in her situation. Isn't it interesting that often the most broken have the most to give? You know, Maybe I mean, that's why I give so much. <laughs> Babe, you're so broken. Are you crying for me right now? <laughs> so compassionate, Gara. It's just, it's hard to remember the, how broken she was. I think that's why it's hard to watch those. And maybe this is a good lesson for everybody to learn, like the people in our life that are so empathetic and kind and understanding. Chances are. It came at a cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a saying in 
the Spanish language, which by the way is a beautiful language. And it is vale la pena, which means the pain is valued mm. kind of backwards. We say things like it's worth it. Mm -hmm. That's actually my opinion, a drastic understatement at times. As an example, go to the gym every day for a month and work out for an hour. It'll be worth it. Yeah. Well, instead of saying that, if we were to say it the way they do in South America, we say, hey, the pain will be valued. Has value in the end or. There's real value in suffering. That's what it means. <laughs> That's a really, I like how you're saying that. It's a really beautiful phrase, but it's also it feels very heavy. Sure. Because when you're in the middle of it, like, ooh. But it is more applicable, I think, in situations like this, you know, the way that they say it. Yeah. <clears throat> I like, so I like that. Yeah. Now, my Spanglish is super BN. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But my, my, my Spanish is not as good as it used to be. I was reminded of that when I was in Cabo last weekend, which by the way, you did fantastic with Alvin. Yeah. 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 You're welcome. I was worried that you would terminate me. What, that I would miss you too much? Well, you would probably have our product, our project manager reach out and say, hey, Duff, Kira doesn't need you anymore. Am I the project manager? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course I need you. You are also the technical and the lights and the sound I'm and doing so good, you guys, uh -huh. right? <laughs> and the editing. I'm you gonna... did my hair and my makeup today. Yeah. Yeah, you're incredible. Good, good job. I do it all. I'm well-rounded in this podcast. So we're going to show that little video. It is hard for us to watch. It's hard for me to... Uh, at times, it's hard for me to watch her. In general? Yeah. Especially in those situations, because looking back, it's like, oh my gosh. She was struggling more than we thought at that time. Yeah, I felt that as well. I knew she was struggling, but like mentions in it, she's like, I didn't always reach out for help mm -hmm. because I was always asking for help. Yeah. And, and there's a, a feeling that my, like the boy who cried wolf too much. If she felt that she was constantly reaching and grasping for help and assistance and whatever yeah she's like gosh how can i keep help asking? yeah at some point they're going to be like we're done well and it's such a hard thing as parents to parent someone that's an adult child because yeah parenting adult kids <laughs> is not easy it's not and it's what's interesting is how adult they feel until they need you yeah well i just meant that when there's a need and you see something i would see that she was struggling i'd be like hey let's go on a walk and she's like no mm -hmm. it's hard to want to give suggestions to when she comes to me struggling so and my point is you feel really really helpless helping someone who is in mental health crisis and addictions all rolled into one because they all, don't you feel like they all just intertwine into each other and feed off of each other? Absolutely. Like they're, you're going to get it from all areas. 
So I felt helpless a lot of the time of her adulthood. I don't know. She, I think she'd come to us for help, but didn't really know how to implement what she knew she needed to. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I feel like a lot of people have mental health or depression issues. A lot of times people look at them as being lazy and don't have the motivation. If you've never suffered from like long-term depression, not short-term situational or even seasonal, but long-term. So candidly, it's been 10 years for me. And it's really strange because you know this, but obviously this is for anybody. This is for the three people people listening today. (laughs) I think we lost some listeners because we lost all of our sponsorships. We did. Yeah. That's a shame. I got a call from a high school friend uh, a few weeks ago. You were aware. And we were friends. We weren't really close, but we were friends. And looking back, a lot of the time, I remember thinking, what's wrong with her? Like weird moods, sad, mean, didn't really want to like hang out with, with the group, didn't laugh much when we were together. It was just, and come to find out, you know, her parents separated when she was really little and it was really hard with all the different situations that she was put in at the time there's no way i would have understood that right as a teenager right and looking back it's like oh well how many other kids that was i around in school where i thought oh that person's lame they're no fun they're boring they're always in a bad mood they're they're always yeah keep to themselves they don't they're not expressive and right there was a lot of that yeah So I never understood any of that until 10 years ago. Actually, this is something that I learned recently. Thank goodness. But I'm a podcast guy. Not only do I participate in one of the most successful. Fancy one. (laughs) In Lincoln, California. In fact, we're probably the only one. But a guy named Jordan Peterson. For the longest time, I was really hard on myself about my own depression because I never suffered from it until about 10 years back. And I think it started with mom's passing, not realizing how much of um, an effect that would have on me personally. But so when I was going through it and I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't get out of the shower and I couldn't get dressed and found myself in tears and on my knees and just all the stuff. I hated those moments. Those were fairly sad to witness. I didn't know how to help. I know. I didn't know either. Yeah. So for the last nine plus years, I was like kind of hard on myself. I was saying things like, what's wrong with you? And why now? And snap out of it. And whatever, because it wasn't anything I'd ever dealt with. And thank goodness I'm watching uh, Jordan Peterson. It wasn't a podcast. It was one of his clips of him teaching. And he talked about how 
we're all genetically flawed at birth mm -hmm. and it's generations of just imperfections, mm -hmm. right? Or trauma or... Yeah, some people were born with some of the genetic flaws, anxiety, depression, OCD, other things like schizophrenia and, and that kind of thing and trauma and whatever. And he says, our, our mental capacity, if you will, is kind of like a balloon. And if you blow enough air into a balloon, eventually it'll pop. Uh, and they always pop in a different spot. The, the weakest point in a balloon is the same for every balloon, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't really know where that is until it pops. Right. It just can't hold all the air anymore. And eventually, wherever the weakest point is, it'll, it'll burst. And he said, that's how we are genetically. And he said, for some people, that bursting could be one significant event, like the divorce when you're five years old or any traumatic experience. And he says, but for some, and this is where I started to listen in because, you know, I, I experienced a lot of hardship for them, you know, throughout my life, but it really started right after we got married. And we talked about this the other day, how every year something really significantly difficult came our way. And it was like, we don't have to get into all the specifics. It was like my balloon was being my mental and my psychological balloon was really starting to fill up. And so looking back, I think that mom's death was the final like bursting of that genetically flawed balloon. Yeah. Built up over time. Mm -hmm. Now where I feel a little bit better about myself is to look back and go, well, look at all those things that <laughs> I guess I held it together. Right. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. And, and maybe those are just things I tell myself to feel better about myself, but at least that was knowledge and information that was helpful because I no longer go, what's wrong with you? Right. At least now I can say, oh, like you have a reason for it. That made, and it made so much sense to me because it was like, I started to re recount and remember all of these experiences. It made more sense to me, like why the first like 40 years of my life for the most part, other than situational, it finally became a, like a prominent challenge for me. Like an everyday. Every issue. day. It's every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, looking back on that time, I remember after your mom passed away, I remember you saying really positive things and saying, it's okay. I'm great. It's fine. And she's in a great place and she's not suffering anymore. And part of me wonders if some of that wasn't you saying that to yourself to tamp it down. <laughs> maybe. You know, to be like, yeah, maybe. let's not lose it. Let's not let that balloon burst. But in your case, and I think so many people, it's a hidden issue. And like you're saying, you're describing the girl at school. Mm -hmm. On the outside, she may have been angry and people can write that off as, oh man, she's not a nice person or whatever it is, but we have no idea what right. people are dealing with behind closed doors. And, right. But a lot of it is 
compassion, having compassion for people and sure. just doing the best you can as far as giving advice when asked, but just being there when they want a shoulder. When you experience a lot of things you develop, or I'll just be specific, we've been through so many different hardships. I would say minus a separation. Yeah. Slash divorce. That's something I'm unfamiliar with. Or infidelity, things like that. Right. But it, really right. everything else. Is so, yeah. Financial <laughs> devastation, losing everything a couple times. Death, illness. You name it, right? Miscarriage, stillborn, major surgeries. Taking advantage of uh, situations that were, we were the, on the losing end and you know, whatever. Yeah. So we've developed empathy for a lot of different situations. Yeah. Right? Like my friend who called me last week who has a son, alcoholic at home, and she's like, I don't know how to help him. I don't know how to take care of him. I don't know. Like things that you talked about. Like she's saying the exact same things that, you know, you were talking about. Yeah. Well, I have empathy for that. I understand that. I may not understand the alcoholism, but I understand what she's talking about. And you don't have a resolution for her either. I don't. But you can empathize because you've been there. And sometimes that's enough for people. But right. my point is, I've had people say, geez, how, do, how can I have empathy for situations that I'm unaware of or I haven't experienced? And my response is, suffering is still suffering. We've talked about this as well. There's not like, pain is pain. put it on levels. No, and it yeah. doesn't really matter the source. Right. Right. So, and it's so relative because you could have somebody say, oh my gosh, my world is ending because there was a flood in my bedroom or whatever. The windows leaked. Sure. And that could be and like I might go, life altering. Really? <laughs> However, it's a stress. It, it, it yeah. is. And that's my point. We can all have empathy for each other, even if we don't understand exactly what they're going through. Because if you boil it down to the source of the pain, and the feeling, we can all relate to that. Right. We can all relate to extreme sadness, extreme loss, extreme betrayal. We can all relate. Yeah. And so that's the key. The key is rather than just listening to the exact experience and saying, gosh, I don't know anything about that, paying more close attention to the feeling and the emotion. And then give empathy. Tie that into your own, oh, okay, yeah. I have, I can identify with those types of emotions. That and emotion, yeah. yeah. So that's some advice is all. Yeah, because sometimes that's all you can do. Right. And and even <laughs> just being time. able to say, hey, I don't have solutions for you. I don't have advice or suggestions. I just have love and empathy and support and yeah. friendship. And that's all I have. Yeah. And ultimately, that's really all people need. Right. Because... They want that validation. They, yeah, they, we need to be validated, but in a healthy way. Right. And even if, like, let's say that we somehow figured out how to help Emma. Yeah. And she got healthy, started a family, did the things that she wanted. And my friend who called me a week ago, if I said to her, hey, here's what worked for us, that doesn't even necessarily mean it would work for them. Right. 
And so what's so important is for everybody to figure out on their own what works and what makes sense while being authentically supported by the people who they want to feel that from. Yeah. Like that's, to me, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Well, how many times have you talked to somebody, especially the last seven months and said, oh, this is what I'm feeling or whatever. And it becomes, they instantly want to say, well, I, I lost my 90 year old grandpa or whatever it is. You want to relate really quickly and yeah. be like, oh yeah, I know. Instead of just saying, oh, I know pain. I know loss. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, a hug. Because if somebody compassion. said, oh, my grandpa, they'd be like, how old? 90? I'd be like, it's <laughs> yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. Again, yeah. still, that's not the right way to react to somebody who's going through a hard time. Yeah. You know, sad time. Yeah. So. Yep. Anyway. Well, we'll play her thing and... Hopefully there will be some little nuggets in there that might be helpful to you or your loved ones. We forgot our sponsor. Oh. Superstroke. The grip that keeps on gripping the whole day through. Where's the club? Oh, this is what goes on the putter so that all your putts will go in the holes all the time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How did Guaranteed. You- anything within... Slide three inches, always goes in. <laughs> Super strong. Good one, babe. I'm so glad. I'm loving it. Yeah. McDonald's. Is it? We've used them. I don't before. care. I like it. Great. Mm-hmm. Good job. Mm-mm. Good. Mm-hmm. All right, babe. Okay. There's Have always, a great week, everybody. There's always, always. Hope. And always, always help. See you next week, guys. Hi friends, welcome back to my channel. Today we are going to talk about again, major depression, which is most relatable to me, but it could be any mental illness that you feel like takes over your entire life and being and existence in your brain. I chose today to talk about this because today is one of those days, 100%. Today, I was supposed to go to community service, which is for my court sentence. It's an alternative sentencing to 30 days in jail. So instead of that, I was given the option to do either an ankle monitor or I believe it was 14 or 16 days of community service. So it's basically like picking up trash at a park or cleaning up the area where like the judicial building I don't know I don't understand it this is my first time doing local community service for my charges but it's been pretty chill so I woke up this morning and I was I slept enough time and I was like I don't want to go if I don't go we just reschedule it but it just drags on the process longer and longer to where I'm like I could have gone to these days. Like, I wasn't sick. I wasn't um, unprepared to go. I could have gone, and I didn't. So, of course, I wake up, and I'm like, you're a piece of You can't even wake up and go to something that's not even that hard. 
you know. I woke up at 1.45 p.m. And my sleeping schedule has been so inconsistent ever since I was like 14, 15 years old. It was like the family joke that Emma sleeps a lot and too much. And when my grandma died, who was my best friend, she died really young from cancer. That was my coping mechanism was I'm sad. I'm going to sleep. I'm sad. I'm not going to do anything. And of course, now I know that is severe depression. But at the time I was like, I'm a teenager. Like there's not really any consequences from this except for missing out on stuff. And that has been so much of my adult life. Sorry, I can't come. I'm not feeling well. I just don't want to get out of bed. So I feel like I can't get out of bed. Sorry, I haven't been feeling well. That's why I didn't get back to you. Just can't respond. I can't be present. I can't be a good friend. I get angry about all of this. And I'm like, I'm 24 years old and I can't get out of bed. I can't go to work on hard days. I avoid all responsibility. Sometimes it's general hygiene. Sometimes it's cleaning my room. Sometimes it's all of it. Sometimes it's not taking my meds. And that will literally ruin everything. I am on the highest dose of two different meds and another new med that I started, which makes me feel crazy. Super crazy. Because three medication. And what's funny is I would give so much sympathy and compassion to anyone else. If they were like, I'm on seven meds, I'd be like, yes, queen. Do what you need to do. Love that for you. If you're feeling better, do it. But for myself, I will always beat the ever-living daylights out of myself for any of this. So today I didn't want to do anything. I felt useless for waking up so late. And my solution is to go tomorrow instead, but to stay up all night so that I make sure I go. Again, terrible, terrible sleeping habits to where it's like I literally can't get up unless it's for work. And even for work, I'll call out and be like, sorry, been throwing up all night because I need it to sound bad enough to where people will not think less of me. And I recently went into my boss's office and I was like, hey, I just want you to know that there have been a decent amount of days where when I say I'm not feeling well, it's not true. I just feel like I can't get out of bed. And she was like, thank you so much for telling me. And if you tell people you need a mental health day and you are not met with compassion, that was my fear. And, you know, um, also this is Bear. He's my comfort dog. He's not a service animal, but he really should be. I'm obsessed with him. He's my favorite guy. So me and Bear hang out a lot when I'm just at home. And I love him so much. But yeah, that's my favorite thing about you. You can go now. Anyways, just wanted to share the reality of having depression and feeling like you have no control of your life or if you do go to all your responsibilities you go to the gym you see your friends you go to work you do extracurricular you meal prep but you feel this overwhelming sense of dread and numbness and emptiness even though you're doing everything you're supposed to do or you're on meds and you're doing all that or you're using LV coping like going to therapy anything 
you're drinking water. You're not drinking alcohol all the time or smoking weed all the time. Like you feel like you're doing everything and it's not enough. Just wanted to send my support to those curlies because I have been her and am her or a him or a they. Whoever you are, no one is exempt. It's like how no one is exempt from substance abuse where you're like, I came from a good family. Nobody in my family is addicts. I have a good life where things were pretty good before I relapsed, started using whatever. But that's a whole other conversation. So that's me today. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be 24 years old and to say, I spent all day in bed today. I didn't go one single place. I didn't step foot outside of my front door or I went downstairs to the kitchen once or twice. I always call myself lazy for those kinds of things, but in reality, I know it's just my brain is so unbalanced and hopefully one day I'll be stable. I feel so much more stable than I have in a long time. But it's these days where I'm like, wow, you literally haven't learned anything or come far whatsoever. I can't tell you how many things I've missed out on because of this. And how many times I've disappointed myself and others or lashed out at people with anger because I feel so terrible about myself and my life and my mental state. So, yeah, it's really hard for me to talk about because I would rather say I'm not feeling well or I slept through my alarm because... That's something I can't control rather than I had full control of getting out of bed today or whatever. And I just didn't. So not only do I miss responsibilities, I miss things that probably could have been fun to go to or people that it would have been fun to hang out with them. So there's a lot of shame there about that. Like how much of my life has that have I missed out on, you know? Or how much, have I, how much of my life have I dragged my feet through? Even when I was doing what should have been fun, I just wanted to go home the whole time. So anyways, as always, stay sexy. I'm going to like go read my book or something. But I always try and make the best out of these situations, even when I want to sleep for 48 hours straight. So anyways... Mm-hmm.